This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. I had someone in our Learn Jazz Standards Facebook group recently ask me, hey, Brent, what are your favorite jazz albums of all time? Have you done a podcast episode about that? And at the time, the answer was no. But today, I am gearing to fix that. In today's episode, I'm going to go over my 10 favorite jazz albums, the ones that I just have always kept coming back to and back to over the years. I'm going to do five old ones and five more modern jazz ones that I really love. And hopefully you'll also learn some great albums that you can start listening to this week. You ready for it? Let's crush this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Excited, as always, to be here to help you become a better jazz musician, and also, this time around, to give you some new music to listen to, or even if it's not new for you, some stuff to revisit. Because, you know, at the center of all of our jazz education and our pursuit of becoming better jazz musicians, listening to music needs to be at the forefront, right? We need to be listening to jazz in order to get it. And the great thing about it is it's a lot of fun to listen to jazz if you like jazz. And I'm assuming you do like jazz if you're listening to this podcast. So I'll be going over uh, my top 10 favorite jazz albums. Now, this was not easy by any stretch to whittle this down to 10. And honestly, what I kind of just had to keep coming back to are what are those albums that I just really come back to time and time again? You know, not necessarily what's my favorite one right now, but what are the ones that, you know, I really listen to a lot, you know, in the past and even to this day. Now I'm going to do five older ones. So ones that are, I guess you could say pre 1970s or so, and then I'm going to be doing uh, five more modern ones, more modern jazz ones, uh, because obviously there's a lot of really, really great jazz music still going on right now. So if you're someone that only kind of listens to older era jazz, maybe this is a good opportunity for you to check out some of my favorite modern jazz albums. If you're someone who's really stuck on modern jazz stuff, you definitely want to check out the older stuff because that's where all this music came from anyways, right? So you'll definitely want to check that out. Okay, before we jump right into those 10 albums, Do you want to say, of course, that this episode is sponsored by my LJS Inner Circle membership? If you're not familiar with my membership, it is monthly jazz standard studies. It is access to all of my premium practice programs, access to basics 101 courses, access to a premium community of like-minded musicians playing all kinds of instruments, working on all this stuff together, monthly live Q&As with me. It's a great time. If you haven't joined us yet, you can join monthly or annually, and uh, I know you won't regret it. Join uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other members who are getting massive value and improving their jazz playing every single month. Go to ljsinnercircle.com, sign up, and we'll look forward to having you join our jazz family. 
All right, let's jump right into those 10 albums. Okay, so let's get started here. Also, I'll be trying to name my favorite tune out of each album. Although, honestly, this is also it's probably even more difficult than picking the 10 albums. But anyways, let's go ahead and start with the very first album. Now, again, the first five are going to be the older ones. So the first album is Sunny Side Up by Dizzy Gillespie. Sunny Side Up by Dizzy Gillespie. This is really just an amazing hard bop album. The personnel on this album is uh, Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet, of course, Sonny Stitt on tenor saxophone, Sonny Rollins on tenor saxophone. So you've got like a really killer duo of saxophone players there. Uh, hence, Sunny Side Up is, is, is the name of the album. Ray Bryant on the piano, uh, Tommy Bryant on double bass, uh, Charlie Persip on drums. Okay, so it's a really killer, killer lineup. Uh, so... This, again, this is like hard bop through and through. And some of the funnest parts about this album for me are the, the saxophone battles that Sonny Sit and, and Sonny Rollins go on. I mean, they just absolutely are are crushing it on the whole thing. I mean, listen to the Eternal Triangle, like the, the saxophone battle on the Eternal Triangle, which is kind of like a glorified rhythm changes, is absolutely nuts. It's really amazing. Now, if I were to pick a favorite one, Super, super hard, but you kind of can't go wrong with On the Sunny Side of the Street. Like, everybody likes this song, and in my opinion, this is the best rendition of On the Sunny Side of the Street that exists. Like, every solo is money, and I believe, uh, I, I've, I've actually, I can't remember which ones, but I remember, like, oh, it must have been like 10 years ago, I learned a couple solos off of this album. Uh, maybe the Dizzy one, maybe the uh, Sunny Stitt one, I can't remember exactly, but the solos are so good on the sunny side of the street, and it's just such a feel-good song. So I'll have to go ahead and give that one the winner for uh, "Sunny Side Up" uh, by Dizzy Gillespie. Oh, by the way, 1957 was when this one was recorded. Next up is an album that's released in 1960 that I always have come back to, and that is "Soul Station" by jazz saxophonist Hank Mobley. "Soul Station" by Hank Mobley. Hank Mobley is one of my Favorite saxophone players for the sake of his simplicity. Uh, it just, the lines that he plays just sort of make sense. You know, you listen to some of the other guys like Coltrane and yeah, like Stitt and C Cannonball and, you know, they blow all kinds of really crazy beboppy lines. So does Hank Mobley, but in a more simplified manner, if you ask me. Um, so this is a great one. Uh, personnel, Hank Mobley on tenor saxophone, of course. Winton Kelly on piano. Paul Chambers on bass and Art Blakey on the drums. So, I mean, you can't really get much of a better rhythm section than that, right? Winton Kelly, Paul Chambers, and Art, Art Blakey. And then just, I mean, Hank Mobley just blowing it absolutely away. Um, this one is a tough one. The, the tracks on this one is uh, Remember, This I Dig of You, uh, Dig Dis, Split Feelings, Soul Station, if I Should Lose You. So there's some really classic recordings, like If I Should Lose You is a really classic recording of that tune. I think at the end of the day, though, um, I think I think it's got to be This I Dig of You for me. I mean, 
the way that that song is played over it's a it's a fast tempo song so i always think when i'm playing that tune and how do i approach it with that fast tempo i think about hank mobley and so that just helps me when i'm playing this tune it's really good now of course all of them are so good but i would give this i dig of you as my favorite track on soul station Okay, next up for number three is an album that came out in 1962. Uh, It was recorded in 1962. Uh, The Bridge by Sonny Rollins, saxophonist Sonny Rollins, The Bridge. Um, This was the first album he released after a three-year sabbatical. Uh, you know, there's like the whole legend of him going out to the Williamsburg Bridge in uh, in New York City and practicing during his three month sabbatical. And then when he came back, he put together this killer, killer band. Uh, Sonny Rollins, of course, himself on tenor saxophone, Jim Hall on guitar, Bob Crenshaw on bass, Ben Riley on the drums. And uh, on one track, God Bless the Child, uh, Harry Saunders uh, replaces Ben Riley on the drums. But um, I thought it was always interesting that Sonny Rollins first you know, choice for his rhythm section would include a guitar. You know, I feel like, of course, there's plenty of albums where the guitar player is the comping instrument, but, you know, piano is probably more often the the instrument of choice um, for, for some of these guys. But he went straight to Jim Hall. And as a guitar player myself, this is just basically a Bible of how to play jazz guitar, in my opinion, and how to play with an incredible group like this. Um, so this one is just always really good near to near and dear to my heart i guess my favorite song on this has to be without a song um the the, t- the tracks are without a song where are you uh, john s sonny rollins to the bridge which is a close second for me by sonny rollins that's like for guitar players by the way that is a a, a document of how to uh, improvise over fast changes if you don't have big chops jim hall didn't but he sounded amazing on it uh, god bless the child you do something to me by cole porter so a great song lineup but without a song i love without a song that tune if you don't know that jazz standard and um it's just a classic recording of it and um some of the counterpoint that Jim Hall does along with Sonny Rollins is just magnificent. So I'm going to give without a song is my favorite track on the bridge by Sonny Rollins. Album number four is another sixties release, 1965. This is one of the first real jazz jazz albums that I ever checked out. One of the three or so that I checked out and really checked it out, like listened to it a lot. And that is smoking at the half note. Uh, with the Winton Kelly trio. So um, Winton Kelly trio with Wes Montgomery. So obviously as a guitar player, this was attractive to me. Um, but also I, I really early on started liking Winton Kelly's piano playing. Like I just loved Winton Kelly. And I started noticing that Winton Kelly is just all over 1950s, 1960s albums, right? Um, he's playing with Miles. He's playing with everybody, right? He's one of like the top call piano players of his time. Um, and so this album is just, some of the ballads are really incredible. The way that Wynton Kelly plays, well, I guess both of them play together, the way Wes Montgomery and Wynton Kelly play together is just fantastic. So uh, personnel on this, Wes Montgomery on guitar, like I said, Wynton Kelly on piano. Um, there's Paul Chambers again on bass, Jimmy Cobb on drums. Uh, and man, how can you get any better than that? I mean, it's just an incredible lineup. So the tunes are No Blues, which is a blues tune. Uh, If You Could See Me Now, oh man, really good uh, version of that ballad. Uh, Unit 7, Four on Six, that's one of the really classic West Montgomery tune. And uh, What's New, an incredible ballad. If I can, 
I can't pick one favorite here, so I'll pick two. So no blues uh, as far as like the just awesome swinging tune is got to be one of my favorites. It, you know, it's a blues tune. The solos on it are amazing. The the little interactions West Montgomery throws in with Wynton Kelly are just incredible. So no blues. But as far as this is really a, a ballads album, there's a couple ballads on here. So what's new to me is uh, just I love that ballad and the way they play what's new is just absolutely gorgeous. So I have to give two top favorites on this one. But this is, again, one of the, my original jazz albums that I really dug deep into, Smoking at the Half Note uh, by the Wynton Kelly Trio with Wes Montgomery. Now, for number five of the older albums, I was trying to think of what's one of my favorite Miles Davis albums because, you know, I, I listened to a lot of Miles Davis albums, all the prestige recordings, you know, a, a lot of Miles' stuff because Miles is just, I mean, everybody knows, like Miles just has all these important albums. A lot of his albums are really great, you know, so I listened to a lot of them, but what were some of the albums that I kept coming back to? So I chose Someday My Prince Will Come, uh, recorded in 1961. This was one of his Columbia Record albums. Uh, the musicians, Miles Davis, of course. Uh, now, I, okay, I'll tell you why this is my this my favorite album. It's, it's actually because of the lineup. <laughs> it's actually because of the lineup. It's Miles Davis, Hank Mobley on tenor saxophone, really disgust. He's one of my favorites. John Coltrane. Now, this is John Coltrane during this time period was my favorite John Coltrane. Don't get me wrong. I liked, you know, the John Coltrane stuff that came later and when he really struck out on his own as, you know, a headline artist and, you know, all the stuff that he did. But the way John Coltrane plays with Miles during this time period is like my favorite John Coltrane. So he's on this. Winton Kelly again on the piano. Paul Chambers again on bass. Now, and then two, two of my favorite bebop and hard bop drummers. We got Jimmy Cobb, right? Jimmy Cobb on drums and Philly Joe Jones. Like those are those are the, the some of the two best guys you could possibly ever want to have in your band back then. So this is just a really, really good lineup of musicians. And so what's really fun about this album is on every single tune, you have just these incredible solos that all sound very like Hank Mobley sounds a lot different from John Coltrane. Like they're very, very different musicians, right? So you really get an awesome contrast. And then Miles just doing his thing. So uh, the, the the songs are Someday My Prince Will Come. It's the title track, uh, the, you know, the, the Disney tune. Old Folks, uh, Francing, it's a blues. Drad Dog, T.O., I Thought About You. Uh, great ballad, I Thought About You. But of course, my favorite is Someday My Prince Will Come because to me, that's the best recording of this song ever. The solos on Someday My Prince Will Come from Miles to Hank Mobley to John Coltrane to, to Wynton Kelly, the way Wynton Kelly comps on this song, oh my gosh. It's just amazing, amazing. And I think uh, on this podcast before, I know on this podcast before, I've analyzed the solos on this tune um, because they're just so, so, so good. So um, Someday My Prince Will Come, favorite uh, uh, track off of the album Someday My Prince Will Come by Miles Davis. Okay, now the next five are going to be my favorite modern albums. And, you know, while for for me, like I love all the scope of jazz and if you look at the way I play, it's very much more, um, I would call it post-bop is kind of like more the approach I take with my personal playing. Um, I, some of the, the the guys that just really inspired me to want to become a professional jazz musician 
were the guys I'm about to talk to you about right now. Like these were the people that pushed me. Um, I even got the opportunity to study with some of these people. So for me, these are like my heroes that I had access to, right? These are people that I've seen play live. And so these people really got me excited uh, about jazz and putting so much effort into it and and also doing what I do now with Learn Jazz Standards and sh- and sharing that with everybody else. So uh, coming in at number six uh, is one of my favorite guitar players of all time. And, and to be honest, my favorite musician of all time. And that is Peter Bernstein. Peter Bernstein is uh, someone I've studied with. He's someone, actually, before I moved to New York, I was listening to Peter Bernstein albums, and it was basically my dream to move to New York and study with Peter Bernstein. And while I didn't study with him like uh, as a regular student, I would take one-off lessons with him, and I would go to his gigs to the point where you know Peter knows me by name if he sees me, right? And so... Peter Bernstein is one of my favorites, and so a lot of there's a lot of his albums that I just really love. Um, and I, man, I just Peter Peter's playing is like definitely it's it's post bop is the best way to describe it. But he really he has his foot in the tradition for sure, but he just really plays it his own way. And my favorite album of his is Stranger in Paradise, simply because this one I listen to all the time, but also because of the lineup includes some of my, my favorite modern musicians. So Peter Bernstein is on guitar. Brad Meldow's on piano. We'll talk about him in a second. He's one of my favorite piano players. Larry Grenadier on bass, who I love. Bill Stewart on drums, easily one of my favorite drummers of all time, hands down, no questions asked. So incredible lineup. Uh, there, There's 10 tracks on here, so I won't go through all of them. A lot of them are Peter Bernstein's originals, but um, there's also Louisa by Antonio Carlos Jobim. That's one of Peter Bernstein's, like, if you go to any of his gigs, he plays that tune. Like, almost every single gig, he plays that tune. Um, there's some other ones in there, too. My favorite track uh, that I that I just love on this is Autumn Nocturne. If you've never heard the bad, uh, the it's actually a walking ballad, but if you've never heard the ballad Autumn Nocturne, uh, by Joseph Myro. It is one of my favorite ballads. It's intricate. It's interesting harmonically. And the way that the solos on that that they take are just astounding. So that would be uh, Stranger in Paradise uh, by Peter Bernstein. Um, this one, oh, I don't even, I can't find where it came out. Oh, it came out 2004 in 2004. Amazing album. Okay, album number seven to me is like the pinnacle of what my favorite parts of modern jazz are. There's a lot of aspects to modern jazz and it's very loosely defined these days. But this to me is like New York City modern jazz, like the best that you can possibly ever get. And so this is one that it's probably my one of my most listened to albums that I've of all time that I've ever listened to. And this one is Kurt Rosenwinkel's guitarist coat Kurt Rosenwinkel's Deep Song. Um this album is astounding compositionally. It, all of them are, uh, all of them except for one tune is, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, all of them except for two tunes are Kurt Rosenwinkel's tunes. And it, it's just the best composition as far as modern jazz goes that I've, I've heard. I just love it. The personnel is also amazing. Kurt Rosenwinkel on guitar. Joshua Redman on tenor saxophone. Love Joshua Redman's playing. Uh, once again, we have Brad Meldow on piano. You can kind of see the people that I like. Larry Grenadier, once again, is on bass. Uh, and then two great drummers, Jeff Ballard 
who, uh, by the way, Jeff Ballard, Larry Grenadier, and Brad Meldow, that's Brad Meldow's trio, which we'll talk about in a second. And then Allie Jackson on drums. Um, there are so many good tunes on here. It would be in, it's, it's almost impossible to pick one notable one. I want to talk about is deep song. So that's the title track deep song. Uh, this is an amazing tune because this is an arrangement of Billie Holiday's version of this song from what, like the 1940s or something like that. So if you listen to Billie Holiday's version of deep song, and then you listen to Kurt Rosenwinkel's version of deep song, he, uh, he took the exact same arrangement and he played that. And it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And then my favorite tune, though, that like this would just be on repeat when I'd go for my runs back in college. And that is The Next Step by Kurt Rosenwinkel, The Next Step. Um, so he also has an album, The Next Step, and he has a version of that song on that album. I don't like that version as much as I like this version. This version on Deep Song is just really good. So uh, this is one of my favorites of all time, uh, Deep Song by Kurt Rosenwinkel. Number eight is a saxophone player maybe not everybody's heard of, um, but he is incredible. Uh, definitely a New York mainstay guy. John Ellis is a saxophone player. Um, this album came out in uh, 2012, and uh, this album is called It's You I Like. Uh, yeah, and that is actually a reference to... Uh, it's a reference to uh, Mr. Rogers, and he has a couple songs from uh, that Fred Rogers wrote on this album, and it's really cool. So uh, this one I like for a multitude of reasons. Um, one is the compositions. I'll explain that in a second. Uh, another one is uh, the lineup. So John Ellis on saxophone, Mike Moreno on guitar. Mike Moreno is uh, one of the most incredible modern jazz guitar players. Aaron Goldberg on piano. Matt Penman on bass, and Rodney Green on the drums. So when we take a look at the compositions, uh, let's see. What Do You Do by Fred Rogers is on there. It's You I Like by Fred Rogers is on there. Let's Think of Something to Do by Fred Rogers. Uh, You Are Special by Fred Rogers. It's Such a Good Feeling by Fred Rogers. Won't You Be My Neighbor, Fred Rogers. So you kind of get the, the theme of this. It's definitely a Mr. Rogers neighborhood album but the way it's done is absolutely incredible now the other reason i like this is because my favorite singer songwriter of all time is featured his compositions on here uh elliot smith he's uh, a person he's a 90s guy um from the pacific northwest singer songwriter his stuff is really dark and moody but he's just one of my favorite singer songwriters and they cover three is it three three of his tunes on here um, so I liked Elliot Smith, and then they just basically made jazz versions of them. And so for that reason, I would just listen to this album all the time, and not to mention all the solos are just pretty fantastic. So uh, coming in at number eight for me, uh, John Ellis, It's You I Like. Okay, number nine is, I mean, we finally made it to my favorite piano player, and yes, you probably figured it out by now, is Brad Meldow. I am a big Brad Meldow fan i love his playing i mean i can't i mean he just is so unique and i've seen brad play live so many times um it's just every time it's something fresh and new and he just has such an original sound and um his some of his most famous albums are his art of the trio albums um and my favorite of the art of the trio albums is art of the trio four back at the vanguard the village vanguard that is this one comes out in 1999 um so uh, this is uh, this is his first 
uh, iteration of his trio. That's Brad Meldow on piano, Larry Grenadier on bass, and Jorge Rossi on drums. Later, Jeff Ballard became the drummer, but Jorge Rossi on drums. Um, so as far as just a musical trio goes, it doesn't get much better than this. Um, I, I liken it to like just some of, of, of the Keith Jarrett stuff, like as far as just that original sound and just the incredible musical stuff that happens. There's so many good tunes in here, some great standards. All the things you are is in here. Uh, a couple of his tunes, Brad Meldow's tunes. Solar is on here by Miles Davis. Uh, I'll be seeing you uh, a Radiohead tune. Exit music for a film is on here. Uh, Brad Meldow loves to do Radiohead tunes, by the way, if you listen to any of his albums um, and he does them so well. Um, but my favorite for sure on this album, without a shadow of a doubt for me, is I'll Be Seeing You. Um, first of all, I'll Be Seeing You is one of my favorite jazz standards of all time. I am in love with the way they play this tune. I'm in love with the way Brad Meldow plays the melody on this. I'm in love with his solo. Whenever I play I'll Be Seeing You, I cannot help but feel like I'm Brad Meldow <laughs> and I'm playing and I'm a guitar player, right? But I just feel like I'm Brad Meldow because I've, I love this version so much and I've listened to it so, so, so many times. So, uh, coming in at number nine is art of the trio Four. back at the Vanguard. Okay. Um, so the last album is, this is album number 10. Now this is one that, uh, you know, Typically, I don't listen to a ton of this artist. I love this artist. I don't listen to a ton of him, but this particular album struck me as very unique. Uh, and I, when I, when this album first came out, I actually, before it came out, I went to a gig at the Fifty Five Bar in New York City in Greenwich Village, and they were playing music from this album at the Fifty Five Bar, and of course, I bought the album right at because I was just so blown away by this band. And so the artist is Chris Potter, saxophonist Chris Potter, uh, arguably one of the best modern saxophone players of all time. Uh, and the album is Ultra Hang, Ultra Hang by Chris Potter. This came out in 2013. Um, so I, how do I describe this band? It's funky. It's modern. It's a lot of straight eighth playing, like not not really any swing involved in this at all. It's it's straight eighth stuff, and it grooves like hell, like just unbelievable. Personnel is Chris Potter on tenor sax and bass clarinet, uh, Adam Rogers on guitar. Now the interesting thing is, you know, maybe you're familiar with Adam Rogers or not, modern jazz guitar player. He he plays actually. Uh, I think it's a Fender Strat. I think he plays a Stratocaster. So for those of you who are no guitar, it's that teeny, you know, pl you know, this is like you know a sound that like you know, Eric Clapton, right? That's kind of what we're talking about here. Um, when you listen to this, the way he plays the guitar on this album, it'll blow you away. Uh, Craig Taborn on Fender Rhodes, so it's a Fender Rhodes, which is really cool. Nate Smith on drums, very very unique band. I, if you're looking for some really grooving interesting jazz music you should check out ultra hang really good uh i believe all of them uh are chris potter compositions except for one called rumples by adam rogers which is insane if you listen to it and then they do a rendition of it ain't me babe by bob dylan as well uh what a good album uh, ultra hang by chris potter so these are my top 10 favorite albums 
Uh, maybe if you ask me on a different day, there'd be some different ones in here, but these are ones that I really love. And so I hope that you'll get to learn some new music today, get to listen to some new music and, uh, get acquainted with some of these new artists. And, you know, you, for those of you who listen to my podcast all the time, you listen to me all the time. And these are really some of my inspirations, these 10 albums, these musicians. And this is where I've kind of got my love for jazz and how my love for jazz grew all assets uh, facets of it so definitely check out a few of these albums uh i'm so happy i got to share them with you today all right that's all for today's episode uh hope you enjoyed that go out and listen to some new music now if anybody ever asked me again what my top 10 favorite albums are I got a podcast episode to point them to, of course. Uh, Remember that today's episode is sponsored by my LJS Inner Circle membership. Would love to have you join us. To learn more about it, just go to ljsinnercircle.com if you've never checked it out before. It's worth looking into. Uh, Man, it's such a lot of fun in there. I love our Inner Circle jazz family and uh, just all the fun that we have and all the things we learn together uh, as a group. So feel free to check that out at ljsinnercircle.com. As per usual, we'll be coming out with another great episode for you next week. Look forward to having you and happy practicing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.